Hello and welcome to The Healing Sanctuary. I'm your host, Melissa Field, and today I want to talk to you about changing your thoughts, changing negative self-talk, and changing an inner belief system from a negative one to a positive one, changing from self-destructive thoughts to supportive and encouraging thoughts. I want to talk about why this can be really difficult and really hard and why you don't imagine that it is hard. It is genuinely hard to change our thoughts and I'm going to get into why and I hope this will help you to have some compassion for yourself, some understanding for yourself, some much needed love and patience for yourself. There are a lot of people who talk about change as if it's something that we should be able to just snap our fingers and do. They will often talk about it as if we choose not to change or we don't want to change or we're lazy or we choose to stay in the thoughts and the beliefs that we're in. And I want to talk about why these people don't understand what it means to genuinely transform from within. They probably come into this with a mostly positive sense of self. They have internalized a lot of positive messaging for whatever reason. And I'm going to explain exactly what I mean by that and why from their perspective, change is easy. But for the majority of people who experience anxiety, depression, negative self-talk, intrusive thoughts, change is genuinely hard. It requires a lot of energy, a lot of courage, a lot of resilience and persistence. And I'm going to talk about why this is, what it means, and I'm going to let you know what I've used in my own life to make changing my thoughts and sense of self easier. I want you to finish this feeling encouraged and knowing not only are you doing something incredibly hard and that you should celebrate yourself even for just showing up for this conversation today, but that you can transform. You can see things change within you. Change absolutely is possible, but we need to talk about it realistically, lovingly, compassionately, and from a perspective of what this actually means. So I am not a therapist. Everything I'm sharing with you today is coming from my personal experience. I have personally experienced what it takes to change, and it's a lot. It it is something that was overwhelming for me at times. At times, I felt absolutely terrified by what I was going through, by this feeling that this inner structure within me was crumbling, and I didn't know who I was. I didn't really know what I was becoming. I felt very lost at times in this in-between, and that's all going to be explained as I start talking about neurons and neural networks, why it can really feel as if you kind of get lost in this like no-man's land for a while as you go through change and why we continually want to return to what we know, even if it's not serving us, even if it's not in our best interest. Everything within us is always flowing us back to what we've always known. And so, yeah, change is hard. Changing your thoughts is hard. Changing your belief systems is hard. This is something I did not understand for a very long time until I began studying 
neurology and how the brain works, the mind-body connection, the nervous system, because I just didn't understand why this was so challenging, why it felt like I was taking incremental little baby steps and continually falling backwards. And so as I began to study it, I began to understand what was actually happening and what was actually being asked of me. And this gave me so much reassurance because I could see that this slow growth, this slow process was not my fault. It wasn't anything I was doing wrong. That's just the process and that's the way it goes. But like I said, so many people do not understand this. And so they will put judgment on it. They will put blame on it. They will try to rush the timeline. They will try to talk about it from their own perspective of how they personally process and experience change. And for them, because of what they've internalized, it's very different. And they are speaking to us from a place that is not the place that we live in. It's like they're looking one direction, we're looking another, and they're trying to tell us what we need to be seeing. So let's jump right into how do thoughts form? How do you internalize a sense of yourself, the world, and where you fit into it? As your brain processes information, synapses fire together and encode that information into your brain. So information is saved within you in order to become energy efficient. Imagine if every day you had to reprocess the entire world and everything in it, every person, every interaction, and there was no information stored within you. This would be so exhausting and overwhelming because your entire day and energy would be taken up by trying to just constantly process the world, even like driving, walking, nothing would be automatic. And so a large part of why we get stuck in negative thinking comes from an evolutionary place that is meant to benefit us. We are meant to store information to make our lives easier so that we can focus our energy into doing other things, learning new tasks, exploring, taking in new information. However, if we have internalized a lot of negative information about ourselves or how the world works or both, then that mechanism works against us because everything that's stored within us is coming through this lens of negativity, perhaps of feeling like I don't have any value. I am not a worthy person. The world is a dangerous, awful place. That information is stored in your brain. That is not you trying to be negative. That is not you choosing to be negative. That is a reflection of what you internalized from external sources. So another way to look at this is to say, as you grew up and developed a sense of self, you constantly learned what it means to be you and to exist in this world in whatever way you exist. Your parents gave you messages, caregivers, school, society, culture, religion, TV, movies, the way the adults around you spoke to each other told you something about how you would eventually exist as an adult. So how we internalize things can be hard to see because it came in so many different ways. It may have been very subtle. It's not even always something direct. Like, so for me, I always had these looping 
intrusive repeating thoughts of I am a loser, nobody likes me, but it was just constantly there all the time, looping, nobody likes me, everybody thinks I'm worthless, everybody thinks I'm a loser. And nobody directly said this to me. And so our negative thinking, it can feel like it came from us because we internalize things in a way that is kind of a conglomeration of multiple messaging. And so I became convinced that this was my own voice. This was how I chose to speak to myself. If nobody said these exact words, they must be coming from me. And I didn't understand that my inner self developed from a lot of abstract messaging that I then focused down into one kind of specific message. And so this voice that kept telling me I'm worthless and I'm a loser, it was not mine. It was just kind of all of that storm, all of those, all that noise just filtered down into one thought. And so when you have these negative thoughts and you're like, well, nobody said this exact thing to me, then you start to believe this is your voice, but it's not. It's an interpretation of something that you experienced or maybe you are still experiencing. And then it's possible also that people did say these direct things to you. If you were bullied, if you experienced racism, homophobia, transphobia, body shaming, anything where people outside of you gave you specific messaging, those words likely began to repeat in your own brain as your own sense of self. But this is not you telling you who you are. This is you having internalized other people's fear. And this fear is now speaking to you. So other people will always treat us in the way that they treat themselves. What they put onto us says something about them, not about us, but our brain will convince us of the opposite. Our brain will convince us that this is talking about us and not about the other person. And so let's go back to synapses and neural networks. I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but coming back to how you internalize these things. So a synapse fires together and creates an internalized thought, an internalized word or pictures about something. And then as you think similar thoughts, they all come together and in the same place and become a neural network. This is like a tree system in your brain and your brain will prioritize whatever thoughts and information are already there. Your brain will begin flowing energy through these neural networks, which means all information will now begin to flow through these thoughts that you have internalized that are potentially telling you negative things about yourself, your potential, your possibility. And this will create a circular effect because you begin to see everything through this lens and then your brain continues to flow information through this neural network so it continues to grow stronger and you continue to process information through this. You begin to take action 
action based on this. If you think you have no potential, then maybe you won't apply for this higher position at work or for a grad school program. You know, it kind of becomes what we would consider a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it's not your fault because all of this began before you even knew what was happening and before you even had a chance to say, do I like this? Am I okay with this? How do I feel about this? It all begins to get encoded before we are even aware that we are internalizing a sense of self. So we have an internal self that is created from the external world. And you can look out at the world around you and see there's a lot of chaos out there. There's a lot of prejudice. There's a lot of negative messaging. And that absolutely affected how your brain encoded information and grew neural networks. So as I said earlier, neural networks are meant to help you to make life easier, to preserve energy, but a lot of times they work against us because our brain will always default to preserving energy. So what does this mean when we talk about how to change thoughts or when we're trying to change our self-talk? You have this neural network in your brain that your brain is constantly flowing energy through. Like think of it like a river. Then the more you think something, the deeper and wider and more powerful that river is. Now you're trying to plant a new neural network. You're trying to grow something completely different and opposite of this. And you are trying to flow energy into this, but your brain keeps trying to flow energy through this old thought system because that is just what it thinks is the easiest way. What you need to know is your brain does not default to negative thinking because that's how you actually feel about yourself or that is the truth about yourself or that's what's only possible for you. Your brain does not discriminate between good thoughts and bad thoughts, positive thoughts and negative thoughts, loving and hateful. All your brain looks at is what rivers are here, what pathways are here, what is the most energy efficient way. So for me, my neural network was deep. It was strong. It was powerful, tearing me down with these really intensely negative, dark, hateful thoughts all the time. And to get the energy to shift into a different way, as you can imagine, that takes a lot of consistent work of constantly rebuilding a new neural network when all of my energy keeps trying to flow to this other one. So this is why a lot of change feels very back and forth because what's happening is your brain is shifting its energy flow and it's in a process of moving one river over to another river. And as this old one atrophies and shrinks and the new one builds and strengthens, your energy will kind of keep going back and forth. And so that's why you fall into negative thinking a lot. That's why it feels like you make progress and then go backwards. It's not that you have lost all that progress or that you're doing something wrong. That is just the biology of the human brain. That is chemistry. That is how our brains work through change. There is no quick shift to be made. And so if you've experienced a lot of trauma, PTSD, anything really scary and overwhelming, like prejudice, hate, um, you know, anything that really created a very deep neural network is going to take time and energy to shift to a new one, to a new sense of self. That's going to take a lot of energy. And so that's why I say people who have not experienced these deep, overwhelming, um, 
you know, messaging, especially over a lifetime, have absolutely no idea what is happening on an internal level when somebody's trying to change. They have no comprehension of the energy and effort and um, just, you know, stamina that is required to shift a neural network. And at the same time, not only do you need to build a new neural network, but you also must begin stepping into the unknown. And this is really scary, especially if you've learned a way to process the world that makes you feel safe. Like my negative self-talk was not good for me, but that was how I learned to survive. That was how I learned to feel safe. I had all of these walls up and I prevented myself from further pain and further disappointment. And this safety structure was how I survived a very challenging childhood. And so to ask me to tear that down, even for something better, was very overwhelming and scary because I had to say, I know how the world works from this perspective. When I am negative, it doesn't feel good, but at least I know how things work. When I shift to a different neural network, this might feel better, but now I have no idea what's going to happen. And for me and for my personal trauma, for the experiences I had, the unknown is extremely scary. And so asking me to step into the unknown, even if it's better for me, that's huge. And it's probably the same for you. You have a way of interacting with the world that is familiar. And in that familiarity is a safety. And safety as a human is important. We want to feel safe. We want to feel comfortable. We want to know that we can um, kind of understand what's happening and why it's happening. So stepping into new thoughts meant completely reorienting myself to the world and to what I'm experiencing. And that's a lot. That's a complete rebuilding of how I interact with the world. So when we talk about shifting and changing thoughts, not only is it biologically hard, but emotionally, it's very challenging because we are being asked to let go of things that kept us safe during challenging times and stepping into the unknown and trusting that everything is going to be okay. And that is also a lot of the back and forth because we might feel trust and then retreat and be like, no, I'm not safe now. And so please give yourself so much love and compassion for what you are doing. It takes so much courage to even consider maybe I will create a new inner structure in myself. Maybe I will change these thoughts. That takes a tremendous amount of courage. So give yourself so much just love and support for the fact that you are even trying or willing to try because that's huge. Along with learning how to reprocess the world in new ways as we develop these new inner neural networks. And a neural network is really like a lens through which we see the world. So shifting from one lens to another really does require us to reprocess how we experience everything. And as I've been talking about, the brain tries to conserve energy for a reason. So I just want to keep reinforcing that re Building your perception of yourself in the world requires a tremendous amount of energy. I don't want that to sound discouraging because 
It can be done. You just want to give yourself permission to go slowly, to rest, to know that what you are doing is like beginning an exercise regimen. The more you work on your physical body, the more energy it requires. The same is true of your mind. The more you work on your mind, the more energy you are going to have to put into that. So... Once again, be patient with yourself. Be kind. Don't listen to people who don't understand. They are most likely trying to be helpful because they want you to feel better. But in their lack of understanding, they will often make us feel worse and make us feel like we're failing or we should be going faster. And so always honor yourself and the incredible thing that you are undertaking. So as you build a new neural network, you will now have a new sense of self. This can also be very overwhelming. For me, I had experiences as a child that made me very afraid. I had my first panic attack when I was 12. So one thing that's hard for people to understand about why I can't just turn off anxiety and this deep-seated fear in a second is because it is infused into my sense of self. My sense of self, my identity, grew side by side with this fear. They are interfused. They are inner. They're sorry. They are fused together. They are interwoven. As I developed a sense of self, I also developed a severe anxiety and panic disorder. And so when somebody wants me to just kind of turn my anxiety off, it can almost feel as if my sent my entire self is being destroyed. Like they don't understand that the anxiety is not separate from me. A lot of people develop anxiety and panic disorders as an adult, but when you have these ex- extreme experiences growing up, they are not separate from you. They are interwoven into your sense of self, your identity, how you feel and live. And so untangling from anxiety was something that I had to do very slowly and very gently because I needed my inner self to know I love you. I want you to exist. I'm here for you. And it had to come out very, very slowly because it was so integrated into who I am. And as I've said, thoughts can change. My panic has gone way down. I haven't had a panic attack in like a, in like a month. I used to have them all the time and just constant anxiety. And my anxiety has gone way down. So although it feels like um, it takes a lot of effort and energy, it is so worth it. Like, please, please don't give up on yourself. Just go in your own timeline. Go at your own rate. Know that what you need is very personal to you. My inner self became fused with fear. And you may have something within you that feels like it's fused to you. And I'm not really sure what that would be for you, but maybe just like a codependency. Maybe it's really hard for you to be alone because you learn to manage your experiences by always being with somebody else. So know that the things that feel challenging to change If they began early on, they have grown with you and they need to kind of unravel slowly so that you can soothe yourself and bring in that self-love and know that your time frame is exactly right. You can never go too slow. It's only other people who will make us feel like we should be going faster or in a different place, but for your own personal journey, However slow you go is completely right for you. 
And even if that means pausing at times, that's completely okay. There are definitely times when I just have to stop and step back and say, I just can't work on this right now. I just want to exist for a little while and just be me with whatever that means. I'm going to have my anxiety, my depression. I'm just going to be me and know that who I am with all of this is wonderful. I am the exact person I meant to be. And so giving yourself permission to honor yourself, what your mind needs, what your body needs, what your personal soul's evolution needs is so, so important because once again, other people have no idea what it's like to be you. They have not had your experiences. They are not living in your body. They do not live in your nervous system. So always honor what feels right to you because that is what's right. So creating a new identity, that's also a huge thing that a lot of people will not give us compassion for. An identity generally is created over an entire lifetime. And so when people are like, well, just change your thoughts, think new thoughts, change your thoughts, change your life. They are working within the safety of an identity that grew from childhood up through adulthood. But when you have to reparent yourself, reprogram yourself and create a new identity starting as an adult, that's a huge ask. That's a lot to do. And so that's where, again, we want to be compassionate with what we are actually doing. It's a lot. It's profound. It's powerful. We are rewriting the story of our life and we are being the parent or the, the love, the information that we didn't get that we should have gotten through our lifetime. And so not only are we erasing this old story, but we are simultaneously writing a new one and then learning how that new identity works with the world while also trying to feel like we still exist and we're still here because that for me was such a disorienting part of it as these inner structures came down I would often feel like who am I what am I what am I doing and I would have a lot of really like confusing periods of just feeling so so lost and so when you feel that sense of being lost it can be very overwhelming we do not like to feel disoriented our brain does not like that and so we will start to gravitate back towards what we know to the safety to the comfort of that and again that is not your fault it's not because you're lazy or you don't want to change but because picking yourself up and then plopping yourself down into a new place is as if somebody picked you up from where you are and dropped you into a foreign country with no map and no sense of the language. And you were like, what is this? What's happening? I don't understand. I don't know how I fit into this. I don't know how to communicate. Like that is what creating a new identity is. It's you reorienting yourself in a completely new land, new language, new streets, new layout. It's all going to be new. And so changing our identity feels amazing. And when we think about it, it will sound amazing. Like if you picture yourself as the person you are aiming towards, like if you just picture yourself confident, happy, successful, that will look amazing. And it is amazing and it's amazing how it will energize you towards it. But that person, that new you 
works with the world in a completely different way. It speaks a different language to itself. It talks to itself in a different way. It has a different energy that it projects to the world. It responds to things differently. And so that new self that you're aiming towards, and by the way, you will get there because if you can see it in your mind, you can create it. But that new self, that's going to take time to really get into a flow where you feel comfortable with that. So much of this is just feeling comfortable with new thoughts, new perceptions, new realities. And then we also have to bring into consideration, we live in a very complex world where people have internalized prejudices and pre kind of conceived notions about us. So when you're changing thoughts, it can also be scary to ask yourself, how will the world receive my new self? If you are someone that the world kind of tries to push down and doesn't want to see you succeeding to say, I am going to have thoughts of success and self-love and happiness means you have to step out of not just the comfort of what you've known, but the comfort that you have given to other people. You will then make other people uncomfortable. And that, oh, that also is so overwhelming. So as I talk about this, I have experienced life as a straight white woman with like an upper class um, upbringing. And so for me to change my thoughts, my identity has one meaning that is very different to a black woman, to a, a transgender man, to somebody who not only is changing their identity, but changing how the world, changing how they're interacting with the world, because the world has an idea of who you should be. So for me, I feel a lot of times overwhelmed by this, but I also have a lot of privilege going into it, into a world that will accept me being seen and heard, to a world that is mostly welcoming to me. And so please, again, give yourself so much compassion for what it is you are navigating and give yourself permission to set your own standard of success, your own goals, your own um, idea of what it is you even want to get out of all of this change. Forget about what other people are aiming for because they have their own um, support, their own you know, way of interacting with the world, we should all be setting our own standards, our own goals. If you are living in one gender identity, let's say as a man, and you want to change to the gender identity of a woman, what that is going to require is very different than the journey I've been on. And you want to have your own idea of success and accomplishment because it's completely different from mine. And the world will not always be able to see every accomplishment that you make. And so always celebrate your inner achievements because they are powerful. They are so powerful. This world can be so overwhelming and scary at times. And so truly celebrate yourself for every step you take that you know mattered to you. One final aspect of what makes changing our thoughts um, a process and make, can make it feel overwhelming is so far all I've talked about is what's happening in your brain and I have not even brought in the body component and this is a huge part of it. The body will also store information. It will store feelings, unprocessed feelings that didn't complete will get stuck 
in our body, your brain has, um, it's the central nervous system. And then the neurons, the nerves flow throughout your entire body. So everything you think is coming through your body. There is no part of your body that isn't connected to the nervous system. And the nervous system is interwoven with the brain. And the, the way the body stores emotion is something that's very new to me. I don't know much about it, so I'm not going to get too much into it. And for me personally, I um, dealt with what I was experiencing in my childhood by disassociating, meaning I would disconnect my mind and body and kind of just cut off whatever I was feeling in my body. So Thinking about processing feelings in my body feels very overwhelming to me because I've spent my entire life learning to stay safe and survive this world by not feeling what's in my body. So like I said, this is very new to me, but I can definitely feel it. Like when I feel a panic attack, it feels like all the fear I've ever had in my entire life is just like expanding out for me. It's so overwhelming. And so like, I know that information is in there. And by the way, one thing that has helped with this is yoga. If it's for you, that's great. It's not for a lot of people, but the way you move in yoga poses will a lot of times help just energy to flow that's been stuck. So that's just something to think about. Maybe you want to try yoga to get energy flowing in your body. But either way, as you change, you are going to also change how your body feels, the energy in your body. You're going to start kind of unearthing these old emotions. And this is what's happened for me. I will oftentimes sit down to meditate and just start crying because something in my body that's been in there for decades is just like, releasing like a dam breaking like these old stuck emotions and energies are coming out so when we talk about changing your thoughts we're not just talking about the brain we're not just talking about identity we are talking about the full mind body experience and so that too is a lot to bring into consideration just how you feel in your body is going to change what's in there that wasn't processed is going to be revisited and that can be really you know overwhelming and take a lot of compassion and if you had a lot of um, trauma as a child or a young adult, one of the things I might encourage you to do is talk to a therapist about processing these things. It's not something I would really encourage you to do on your own. Um, some, you know, just finding somebody to help you guide you through that and to remind you that you deserve to be nurtured and loved and supported through this process. So we've covered a lot so far about what it means to change your thoughts, why it's hard about neural networks, about energy in your brain, identity, about how this all connects to the mind and body. Now that I've said all of that, I want to tell you again that change is possible. It's just going to be on your time frame. It's going to be in whatever way is right for you based on not only the experiences that you've had, but that you are having now. So as I talked about, I have an identity that fits into the world a certain way. The world sees me as a straight white woman, and that affects the pace I go out with my change, the way things, 
evolve for me, how I'm received, about how I kind of process this change. It's not just about what you internalized, but what are you experiencing now that's maybe challenging you and that's maybe something that I don't understand and that other people don't understand. Give yourself compassion for what's happening and then continuously remind yourself change is possible. You can change and it's going to be in the way that's right for you and the timeline that's right for you in the way that you feel supported and safe and happy going forward. Continue to remind yourself that change, it's just a matter of getting new neurons to fire together and you can do that and you're going to do it in the way that you know to be true for you. And always remember, it's okay to have bad days, bad weeks, bad months. I mean, I feel like sometimes I just have like bad years. Like this isn't something where if you start to feel better and then you feel horrible for a period of time that you're failing. This is again, just part of the process and honoring your personal journey and know that for everyone who goes through profound transformation, it absolutely is a process. Anyone who's telling you, I did this and my thoughts changed quickly. I did this and my beliefs really just transformed overnight. They are coming at this from a totally different perspective. And that's great. You know, I want people to be happy. I want them to have good experiences in this life. I'm really glad that there are people who have an overall positive sense of their self and the world. I just wish they understood that not everybody has that experience and that change for a lot of people, that's totally different than what they're going through. True inner transformation. It's totally possible and it's going to look different for everybody. So now let's talk about some of the ways I've used to make change work for me, to make it feel more accessible, more gentle, more loving. Number one, I'm going to start with my favorite is visualization. Visualization is really powerful because your energy while you visualize focuses in. So it's like, as it's like, when you're trying to like think new thoughts, you have kind of a trickle, a stream going into this new neural network. When you visualize, it's like you turn on a waterfall. It's just a gush of energy and it accelerates the process because it just really powerfully flows all of your energy into building a new neural net- network. And because all of your energy is in this new neural network, it's not flowing it through the old one. So the old one can begin breaking apart. So visualization has a powerful two-part process. Number one, it deeply plants new thoughts, new beliefs more quickly. It encourages them to go faster. And at the same time, it will help the old one to break apart faster because in order for a neural network to stay active, it has to have energy. So in order for energy to not be flowing into a neural network, you have to not be thinking those thoughts, which can be really challenging as somebody who has looping intense negative thoughts. Trying to stop a thought can be so hard, if not impossible. But when you visualize, your energy will just naturally go into this other place. And if you're doubting this or you don't know what I'm talking about, I have visualizations in other episodes. I also have a visualization package that I'm going to tell you more about the end if you want to just start playing with visualization. 
And so for me, I have spent a long time developing guided visualizations and how to make them the most effective and the most powerful for a person. And so when I talk about visualization, I'm not just talking about how I said earlier to see yourself confident. What I'm talking about is using intentional guided visualizations that will take you within yourself on an intentional journey and with the intention of you transforming by the end of it. And you want to use whatever guided visualization you use every day for at least a week, but ideally at least 21 days. The next thing that helps, and this pairs really well with visualization, is meditation. So I was just talking about the way to get old neural networks, old information to release from your brain is to not flow energy through them. And meditation is a wonderful way to kind of stop the flow of energy in your brain and to get neural networks to break apart. Meditation is so effective. It's been studied so much. I don't even want to go, you know, I don't even think I need to go into it because we all know a lot about meditation at this point. But let me just tell you, it's effective in changing thoughts and releasing old thoughts and meditation and visualization go hand in hand in the sense that meditation will clear clear things out faster and better than anything and visualization will plant new things faster and better than anything so meditation it's like if your brain was a garden meditation is clearing the soil and visualization is planting the seeds and then you continue to nourish these two things by continuing to use them. And I do, I use both. I use meditation and visualization. I love them both. Another thing that's really helped me is CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And what this does is it explores cognitive distortion. So we were talking about you develop thought systems, networks in your brain that will be a lens through which you see everything. And CBT will help you to look at how are your thoughts distorting reality in a way that doesn't help you. And I'm just going to share some examples. So some cognitive distortions are fortune telling. Mind reading is thinking that you know what someone else is thinking. That was a big one for me. Thinking that everyone was thinking, or I believed everyone was thinking negative thoughts about me. That was me assuming that I could somehow read the mind of everyone in the world. Um, All or nothing thinking, seeing things as black and white, Mental filter, often just focusing on the negative. That was a really big one for me. Personalizing, blaming yourself as the sole cause of an event or situation, also a really big one for me. Jumping to conclusions, which are usually negative with only a tiny amount of evidence. I also did this a lot. Overgeneralizing, taking incidences and making broad generalizations. Magnifying or minimizing making a big deal of the negatives and understating the positives, discounting the positives, labeling, using negative self-talk, such as I'm a loser, I'm an idiot. Obviously, I would do that one a lot. And there's a couple more, but I think that's enough. CBT for me was really powerful. And so I said it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. So this is a great one to explore with a therapist. So I'm going to give you a couple examples of CBT. So here's a situation. You receive a compliment. Should be a good thing, right? And then you have the thought, well, she's only saying that to be nice. She doesn't really mean it. What cognitive distortions are this? Mind reading, minimizing, discounting the positives. How does this make you feel sad, 
embarrassed, annoyed, and then how do you react? Maybe you avoid eye contact or you get kind of bristle and then the person responds to your response and maybe they walk away and then that's when it kind of reinforces that negative belief. Oh, well, she didn't really like me. And so this is how we get into that kind of circular experience. And that is, by the way, a really common thing to have somebody compliment you or give you a gift and your inner alarm bells start to go off. And they're going off for a reason because of experiences you had that told you something like this isn't safe. You can't trust this. And that's where, again, a therapist can really help you to sort out why, why you're having these thoughts, why it's not your fault, and then how to shift out of these distortions that are so very, very common. So don't feel bad if you do any or all of these. I basically did all of them like all the time. And so CBT was really powerful for me in shifting my thoughts. A big CBT for me would be if I texted somebody and I didn't hear back right away, my brain would just kick in with like either number one, something terrible has happened and they're probably dead or number two, they hate me. And so this is where I would start to look at my distortions. Am I jumping to conclusions? Am I catastrophizing? Am I making it personal? What if they're busy? What if they're in a class? What if they have like all of this stuff going on and it absolutely has nothing to do with me. And generally it doesn't, but because of experiences I had when I was younger, I felt like everything was my fault. And so that's just where, again, my neural networks that were pre-programmed in there, that's where my brain would just flow my energy through until I began to reprogram and get new um, thoughts and new lenses in, inserted. You can also find CBT workbooks online. They've been just so helpful to me. And kind of along the same lines, another thing that helps with changing thoughts is mindfulness. It's just becoming aware of what you feel. And I talked about earlier, I would disassociate a lot. So learning that I had feelings in my body was really like kind of a revolutionary experience for me. And mindfulness helped me to realize that I have feelings all the time that I'm generally not even aware of and that I will often have a subtle feeling, a very subtle feeling of sadness that would begin like way before the major depression took over. Mindfulness really helped me to turn into those low volume emotions so that I could manage what I was experiencing before it became this just kind of screaming, yelling, shouting at me feeling and emotion that I couldn't, you know, tune out. So right now, if you can just take some deep breaths and become aware of your body as you breathe, notice what the breath feels like in your body. Notice the physical sensation of the breath going in and out. Feel your stomach rising and falling. And just become aware of what's your energy like right now. What are the general feelings in you? And with mindfulness, it's becoming aware of your feelings and knowing that they are all valid. This was something that mindfulness really helped me with to know all of my feelings are happening for a reason. There are no bad feelings. 
It really helped me with self-acceptance and self-love to become aware of what I'm feeling and to know it's all okay. It's okay to be anxious, sad, depressed, angry. These all happen for a reason. It's when we start to judge them and shut them down that they get stuck in our body. But when you let them flow and show you maybe what they're wanting to show you, that's when we really start to get into some profound healing. And if you're curious about mindfulness, I have a package on my website, self-love, mindfulness, and meditation that will walk you through mindfulness and learning how to prioritize self-care and self-love. And then there's a meditation course. And if you already have a meditation practice, this will help you to make it a daily habit because of the way it's structured. And if you don't know anything about meditation, this is a really great one to begin with because it starts with a two-minute meditation and builds you up to 20 minutes. I created this in the way I wanted to have learned meditation myself in a way that is accessible and grows with you and will make you feel and know that you can meditate. So I'm going to link to that at the end. And I also mentioned that um, visualization package, which I will also link to. And then along with mindfulness, and I kind of just talked about this, is self-love and Self-love is just giving yourself permission to be where you are, to be who you are, to know that you are a priority, to know that you have value. Self-love is something that so much, so many of us struggle with. And if you struggle with it, you are absolutely not alone in that. It can be so hard to learn, especially again, if you are someone that the world does judge for who you are, that, that a lot of people don't understand learning to love yourself in a world that's trying to tell you not to be yourself is really challenging. But also, I know you can do it. I believe in you. And I know that you can love yourself because in your core, you are love. We are all created from the infinite love of the universe. And there is a spark within us, a light that we can never be disconnected from because that is what we are created from. It's our essence. There is a love inside all of us, always reminding us that the universe created us for a reason. We are here for a reason. Whatever is happening outside of us, we can always momentarily tune that out and know I am love. I don't have to try to love myself because love is what I am. Okay. And I think that's the last thing I want to talk about. Let me just quickly go back to that visualization package I mentioned. It's kind of an experience in self-hypnosis. If you've ever wondered about quantum shifting, about using um, the quantum field to make changes in yourself. That's what we do in this. There is a visualization you can try when you go to the page. There's 21 visualizations in this package. These are what I used myself to transform my thoughts and reprogram my mind as quickly and gently as I could. These are the two things that are so, so important to me in a transformation journey is making it as easy as I can while also making it loving and safe and gentle. You will find that on my website, melissa-field.com, along with that self-love package. You'll also find links in the episode notes, and you can also find them by connecting with me on Instagram at meditate underscore with underscore Melissa, and I'm also 
new to TikTok and having a lot of fun over there. So you can also find me on TikTok at meditate underscore with underscore Melissa. This episode is so much longer than I had intended it to be, but I sincerely hope that it's helped you to feel better about yourself and your journey and to know you can change. You are in the process of changing just by listening to this. Change is possible for you and to just have all of this compassion and love for your own personal journey because you deserve that. You are worthy of your own love. If you have any questions or comments, um, you can reach out on Instagram. You can find me through my website. Just, you know, let me know and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Healing Sanctuary and I'm your host, Melissa Field, and I hope I'll see you again soon.